Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, failing water systems. Also, the AG says he didn't hide any evidence. And the warden who didn't like short skirts, he's had some women problems. No grapefruits were harmed in this recording. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and I'm joined today by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, Angie Horn, Republican strategist extraordinaire too, and Josh Moon, all around good guy, and Angie's nemesis for the day. Welcome. Also, also, I like to think of myself as Angie's conscience too. So, <laughs> smart can't be my conscience. Uh, uh, yeah. If we find it, we'll, we'll know. Well, I tell you, speaking of conscience, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when they had an execution at Holman Prison, uh, AOReporter.com reporter, uh, AL.com reporter was there, but they deemed that her. Skirt was too short, and she had open-toed shoes, so she couldn't watch the state execute a man. Now, that on its face seems a little strange to me, but we looked into Warden Terry Rabin, uh, who is the warden there at Holman, and it seems like, Susan, he's had a few of his own run-ins with women. Yeah, a two of which back a while back, but nevertheless, it ended up causing costing him his job as a state trooper for the state of Alabama. Uh, one woman, he had come over here from Australia. They got into a domestic dispute. He ended up hitting her so hard it pierced her eardrum. Hit another woman in the face with a phone. So, and, and it, it was so egregious that they actually ended up dismissing him from his position as a state trooper. Now he, and, and with a recommendation that he not be rehired by the state. He was not uh, He was not charged with doing anything illegal. There were no charges brought against him. However, <clears throat> he did have this history with women, at least two. One of them, Josh, that he recruited via the internet uh, in Australia. Uh, and he used the internet uh, username Super Trooper. It's just, um, you know, I mean, there's no reason to even write jokes about us anymore. You know, I mean, we just write our own stuff. It's just unbelievable. I, when you, it's it's like if you were trying to be embarrassing, you could not do a better job of being embarrassing than the Alabama Department of Corrections. Um, you know, this that he has a problem with women, uh, I, I guess, is uh, is probably not a, a surprise to anyone at this point. Or he has problems in general. I mean, look at Holman Prison. What you know, whoever's running that isn't doing a great job. So, I mean, none of this. It's open-toed shoes. They're t- they, they can't stop drugs, but they're stopping open-toed shoes. I mean, stop. But, never, but nevertheless, <clears throat> they let him get in the corrections system, buddy system, 
because they were, he was originally told from the Department of Corrections that he could not, unless they went back to the state troopers and cleared him to go back to work for the state, he could not do it. However, he got in corrections and is now the warden of Holman. Angie, there's tons of problems in our state prisons. I mean, I, I don't want to pick on the guy too much, but look. I agree. There's plenty of reasons. No, you're hitting him in the head with a cell guy, phone. I mean, come on. This guy should not be the head of a prison with his track record. No, but there is some irony in the fact that his attempt at a 90-day fiancé was in Australia, which started out as a prison colony. I don't think we should all... You know, <laughs> Um, but look, this guy can't stop violence or drugs or contraband from coming out of uh, or coming into home in prison. So I guess he wanted to win. So he's going to stop the Payless shoe source from coming in. This is ridiculous. So not only is he generally a bad guy, he's a bad manager who can't set priorities. So it's time for him to get out of this line of work or frankly, any line of work. And let's get someone in these prisons who can prioritize what really matters from what really doesn't. Because if there's someone being murdered or drug overdosing or, or smuggling in contraband, you shouldn't be worried about someone's sandals. It is a bad, bad look for not only this person, and not only for the Department of Corrections, but for the state of Alabama. I mean, again, Susan, this is all in his personnel file. It's readily available for anybody in the state of Alabama to go view it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and he has had an altercation with a CO at Holman. So obviously there's some anger management problems here, and the least of which should be worrying about what reporters and journalists are wearing to watch the state and put a man to death. Anger management issues should not be a warden in a prison. Well, anyway, I, I you know I want to jump to this next next topic here. You know, and Angie, I'm going to address this to you specifically. I mean, both you and Susan work in politics, but you work. As a consultant, you work as a strategist. And is there a double standard when it comes to how men are treated in politics and how women are treated? And, and I, I believe it's true all the way around, but specifically in political world. Sure. I mean, politics are no different from any other industry. As women, we have to work twice as hard, be twice as good, and get twice the blame. But I, I learned a long time ago, I don't want to be denied anything because I'm a woman, but I also don't want to be given anything because I'm a woman. I understand and, and have always understood that when I went into this industry, it was a male-dominated industry. I knew the arena I was playing in. I had two choices. I could whine about it or I could play with the boys and accept it. And that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm proving that I'm just as good, if not better, than most of them. And I'm letting my work ethic and my work product and my election records speak for themselves. And that's, that's what as women we have to do is you can't break the stereotype unless you work against the stereotypes by showing them that you are twice as good as they are. And I agree with that. And I know when we first went to the state house, basically when I would talk to lawmakers, they would essentially pat me on the head and you know, tell me the soft stuff and all that. And so, and 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 until I started tearing into them on a daily basis, did they begin to take me seriously? Well, I do remember an incident where I asked one of the security personnel there at the state house where Susan was, and she said, "Last time I saw her, she had a congressman or a senator by the leg, trying to make him answer her questions." So, and I did. No. No shrinking by I would chase them down the halls into their office and get in before they shut the door. And I'll say this, as women, you know, I can be very good at my job and I'm told that I am, I think uh, someone tweeted about me once I was ruthless. But if I was a man, I would just be strategic. 
You know, if I am passionate, then I am hysterical, but my male counterparts are just being aggressive for their clients. So look, that's just the way the world works and we have to understand it. And the only way to change it is to go in and show our value and show our work ethic and show our product. And I, I think that's what we're doing. I well, agree. I, I would agree with both of you. You've been very successful in your careers, and we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching the Be the Voice of Alabama Politics. We'll be right back. There seems to be a new wave of aggressive driving lately. You see those people, they are the ones that are tailgating other people because they have to get through their destination now. Weaving in and out of traffic looks like they could care less about who's around them. There's no one else on the roadway. They're the only one there. Aggressive driving can be the difference between life and death. All because somebody thought they needed to be the front of the line and get there first. Slow down. Don't be the reason that someone else doesn't go home tonight. My dog Jupiter is frightened. When I climb too high, the owl said. Check for monsters, Daddy. I did, honey. There are no monsters. You're perfectly safe. Protect yourself and those you love. Vaccinate now. Welcome back to the B, the voice of Alabama politics. Josh, you, you, you've written about, you've written about this, and Eddie Burkhalter, when he was at uh, APR, has written about this. But Lowndes County, one of the poorest counties in the United States, definitely one of the poorest counties in Alabama, they have basically there are many people down there having to pump raw sewage from their house into the yard or out into the woods. There is a federal program that has now come to the Black Belt and it's going to address some of those problems down there by supplying the folks there with some grants, some money to help them clean up the terrible water system there and, 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 and just break it down a little bit for us. Yeah, it's uh, this has been an ongoing problem for years and decades, uh, I guess, uh, in the in the Black Belt region specifically, and in Lowndes County also, and uh, which is part of the Black Belt, and it, it you know, there's a combination of issues uh, that that contribute to this. Um, you know, one of which being that we have have left that region uh, particularly underdeveloped. Um, and, you know, I, I think race and a lot of other factors play into it. Um, uh, in addition to we, we have sent some uh, some funding uh, into, into several of those counties and there have been opportunities to do some things uh, there that, that have, would have made it easier for the residents there uh, to to either establish a sewer system or to uh, put septic tanks in their backyards. Uh, but these things have not worked out. Uh, some of it, some of it because the funds have been misspent and some things have been uh, not done that should have been done uh, by the local leaders there. Uh, but we, we've studied it to death and, you know, thank God for, for Catherine uh, Flowers for going there and, and doing this work and, and shining a light on this thing forever. And, you know, I, maybe we're, we're 
inching slowly towards this thing. And, and, you know, with Terry Sewell's help and uh, some other folks, good people that are trying to work towards this, maybe we can get some of this sewage cleaned up out of people's backyards. Uh, Angie, I know this for a fact that you, you have a deep opinion about what is going on down there in Lowndes County and why we have problems getting uh, good results out of this. Yeah, look, local elections have consequences. There are city councilmen and mayors and county commissioners down there that have known that there is raw sewage flowing in the yards next to their streets in their neighborhoods for decades. But instead of taking the resources that they have to fix it, they have been studying and studying and studying. We don't need to pay for studies to show us that that is raw sewage floating down the, the side of the street. We know it is. It's time to do something. So, guys, when you go to the ballot box, do not elect people who ignored the raw sewage in your front yard. That's the lesson in all of this, right? Guys, not the lesson I, the same people over and over I, who are letting feces flow in your yard. You're talking about I, I, don't, I don't think the, the local folks down there necessarily, you know, were, were ignoring, you know, the turds in the yard. Uh, but uh, I do think that uh, that we've had let, let's let's take this happening. Let's say this was happening in any other city. Let's say it was happening in Homewood, for example. Okay. Do we believe for a second that this would happen for longer than a week in Homewood? And it would Can have zero to do with the local officials. We believe for a second that the mayor of Homewood or the Homewood City Council no, it wouldn't would allow it doesn't matter about those people. It doesn't matter about those people. The it state would be in there tomorrow and fix Those it. people are elected to represent and fight for their citizens. And they, and have. they have failed. A they lot of those failed. people have been screaming about this for years. You've got and they, yeah, they've been and, and where have they gone? The where have those screams gone? Just you said that. yourself, Josh, that, that resources have gone to the local areas and they've been spent. Some, some, well, some of them have been misspent, but it's not on the on the backs of all of the local officials there. There are a lot of oh, state people that have misspent them as well. Oh, I think it is. Well, I think we're going to have to move on to uh, the next subject here. But, you know, this, uh, this, this is, uh, you know, some ways that, that we need a political yeah. solution to this, but this is a human problem. Uh, which brings me back to the fact that in Alabama, you have a Republican Party that is thriving and being successful. You have a Democratic Party that really seems like it's on the ropes. And, and, and uh, I'm gonna, Angie, I'm going to give you the first shot at this one. But, but we need more than we, we I think we need a two party system. But it seems like that's not working in Alabama. So, I mean, I think it is working. People are going to the ballot box. They're choosing between Republican candidates and Democrat candidates. They're overwhelmingly we're choosing Republican candidates. And, you know, I said for a decade that the best assets the Republican Party had were Nancy Worley and Joe Reed because they were so incompetent. And I really felt like when Chris England came to be head of the party that they were going to give some of our Republicans a run for their money. That did not happen. The, the people that have been recruited to run, Yolanda Flowers, people like that, not even Democrats want to vote for them. So it's not the two-party system that's broken. It's the Democratic Party that's broken. And on behalf of Republican consultants everywhere, I encourage all of the Democrats to go support Tabitha Eisner so it can be broken just a little worse than it is now. Josh, any response, response to that? that? Yeah, well, it's. I mean, I think we all know that it's clearly broken. Um, and, and we've divided uh, this up into, into team sports politics, basically, where it's you win if you vote for the team instead of for the candidate. And that's that's where we have a fundamental problem, whether that's Democrats or Republicans. 
you know, with Democrats for 130 some odd years. Now it's Republicans. And that doesn't work. Look at look at where we are. Look at where we sit in every ranking right now. Is our education system good? Is our healthcare system good? Are our roads and bridges and stuff, are they great? What's good? What's good here? And what has this system got you? If it hadn't got you what we need here to be successful, then what are we doing? Now, obviously, it's broken. Everything here is broken. And the Democrats have not put up a quality candidate for governor or lieutenant governor or attorney general in over a decade. Well, well, that, that is true. He was a very good candidate for governor. Well, that's true. He, 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 was he, he still came in 40th. I mean, before, I only got 40%. I, but, Susan, you know, you and I believe that it works best if we have a divided government. But uh, I, Well, I, the, it works best if you have a divided government that is willing to compromise and work together. Yeah. To achieve Thanks. And look what's happened you, when you, it's not. To make to make yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the, within, within the Republican Party in this state. Look at the corruption that's there. I mean, well, that doesn't happen when you have a two-party system. And there was no... So there was a yes, there the was! Party? That was the point! That's the point, yes, there was! When it was a one-party system, yes, there was! Well, Alabama's always been ruled by one-party system. Right now, it's the Republicans. We're going to have to leave it right there. We'll be right back. Throughout my career, I've seen many crashes, and a lot of the fatalities are from people who haven't worn their seatbelt. Cars have rolled over multiple times. I've had people end up in lakes, um, ravines. I've been looking for people in the woods for a couple hours before. Usually just about every bone in their body is broken, their organs have ruptured, and typically they die. You want to save a life, just simply click a button and put the seatbelt on. Seatbelts really do save lives. There was an old woman who lived in a shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. She gave them some broth without any bread and kissed them all soundly and put them to bed. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Speed is one of the biggest factors in a fatal car crash. Your car stops, but your body does not stop at the same time. Your body keeps going, you know, and that could be running into your seatbelt, that could be hitting the airbag, something has to stop it, and unfortunately it's something very hard. There have been times that we've come upon accidents where if people weren't speeding, they'd probably still be alive today. It's truly dangerous and it puts everybody at risk. There's just no point to it. This kind of stuff has got to stop. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Hey, Susan, I mean, when does it end? All right, so Limestone County Sheriff Mike Blakely was convicted of using his office for personal gain. The star witness in the case was Trent Willis, a, a, a Republican strategist. Uh, Josh broke this story uh, about a year ago in which Trent Willis was accused of stealing over $100,000 from the campaign account of Richie Wharton, who he was his campaign guy. Uh, Sheriff Blakely is now appealing his conviction, saying that they didn't alert him to the fact that there was an investigation into Trent Willis. 
Yeah, it's a little tricky there. If you're using a witness that's under investigation, aren't they a little valuable in what you could get them to say? I mean, why at Steve Marshall's office from the beginning has been a disaster, and we're uncovering more stuff every day and every day of things not done, things withheld, things not signed, cart charges not filed, which is screwing up the judicial system in Alabama. When's this going to stop? I mean, Josh, you you broke the story. I mean, what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, they're saying now that they, the, the AG's office, anyway, is saying now that they did alert them that a witness, although they're very careful to, to not be specific and say that a witness was under investigation uh, for these crimes. And, I mean, it's, it's pretty apparent that there was a lot of evidence against uh, Willis uh, that was that was taken directly to the AG's office by Horton and, and another political consultant, uh, Steve Raby. Um, and, and his, uh, Mike Blakely's, uh, defense team, uh, asked for this for a long time. Uh, and then, uh, after being told over and over and over again, that this, you know, there's no deals, there's no, nothing here. There's they don't have any idea what they're talking about. They've asked everybody in the building, uh, if this, if there's any investigation going on into this guy, um, they, at court, after he's testified on behalf of the AG's office, you know, on behalf of the state, uh, been their star witness, they stand up. And tell the judge, oh, yeah, by the way, he's under investigation, and we should alert him to his right to his uh, Fifth Amendment, uh, or I think that's called the Trump Amendment now, uh, that not to incriminate himself. And, and that's how this went down. Well, so there are a lot of mysteries in this. First of all, as a political consultant, let me shout out to the world right now. If you are running for political office and your political consultant has access to your bank account, Go to the bank tomorrow and take their name off your account. Political consultants never ethically have access to your bank account to be able to, to even make any of this possible. Secondly, if Trent Willis did a tenth of what he is alleged to have done, he should absolutely have indictments coming down. I mean, they're talking about FCPA fraud, ethics fraud, wire fraud, all kind of stuff. So if I don't see some charges coming down pretty soon, um, I think you're going to raise a lot of eyebrows, not only in Huntsville, but in the state. But pretty soon. That was five years ago. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I understand. But, I, but the idea that a political consultant had access to a bank account, I can't even get past that because that is yeah. so unusual and unheard of and unethical in this industry. The, the story that was told in this was that, that Horton essentially just turned over the keys to everything uh, to him, and he had access to all of it. He paid all the bills. He, re he made all the reports. Uh, to, to the Secretary of State's office, and which, by the way, that's another part of this, 13 of those reports were fraudulent. So, right, FCPA fraud. If, yeah. that, if that's true, then you have so many levels of fraud and so, so many different charges that I can't imagine why this guy is still walking around. And furthermore, I don't know why anybody hired Trent Willis to begin with. He's never considered to be good at his job. Well, obviously, he's good at something, again, but we just don't know what it is. Again, the AG's office is not doing their job. Well, this guy should have been indicted a long time ago. Yeah, I know. I, I, we're going to have to, if he did it, he should have been If he indicted. did, allegedly. Yeah. yeah I want to move on to the sexual, because I, I mean, I found this just a little outrageous in my mind, and, and maybe y'all won't. But I'm going to read to you this. Uh, there was a study done talking to people who took out student loans. I'm going to read you from the report. Uh, it says 30% said that 30% of borrowers said they were unlikely to continue ending, attending universities if student loan forgiveness in some amount does not materialize. Here's the big part. An additional 21% of borrowers, according to the survey, 
would have been likely or unlikely or very unlikely to take out the same amount of the debt had not Biden made the pledge to forgive some amount of the student loan debt during his campaign. Now, I went to college the old-fashioned way. My parents paid for it. Uh, so, uh, but I understand that people today have to borrow money to, to go to school. I, I just find it difficult that 21% of these folks, you know, they took out a loan betting that Joe Biden was going to forgive it. I just, I don't, I don't even understand that mindset. You know, that, that's sort of like the gambler's mindset. You know, I'm going to spend this money and I'm going to win it back. So well, I mean, we, we all we all do. We do know that college in this country uh, at public institutions used to be free. I mean, I know that's crazy. You know, I mean, I know it's crazy that we used to think, well, this is a good public service for us to provide to people. Uh, and so, you know, I, I know that's insane, I, I, but it, it happens also in all of Europe, pretty much. Uh, and they turn out some pretty smart folks. Uh, you know, it's I, I don't necessarily agree with the mindset. I'm only going to do this if you're going to forgive it. That said, this was a promise that was made uh, by a presidential candidate. And yeah, so yeah. if you're looking at a future in which you need a degree to be successful, as everyone has told you. What do you All want right, them to on. do? Come on. Angie. What we got here are a group of young adults who are going to hire institutions of higher education who deserve some of this blame not all of it but some of it because the number of majors which are producing people who are unemployable is ridiculous so if you're That's going true. to college to spend you know, hundred thousand dollars for a positive psychology major trust me you're That's wasting better. your time and money but it's not up to people who are going to work every day to pay for that your bad psychology decision. is a terrible major those kids coming out of high school or the colleges that are giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars to pursue this worthless degree. In That's what I said. There was that is some of the responsibility. You agreeing with me, Josh? You just don't know it. Some of the responsibility <laughs> lending. I don't know why we're even arguing about this. Well, we're arguing because you're when you're willing to take all the responsibility off the kids, and I'm not. I think they're young adults who who took money. They're out there shouting, "Oh, my body, my choice!" When well, you're loving, you're putting your every, you're putting it all on those kids. When we know for certain that no, one no, group no. of people know for sure that these degrees are worthless, and it's the I'm, colleges I'm, offering them. Unfortunately, so the teachers teaching them. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it right there. Very lively conversation. <laughs> all right. You've been watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.